Welcome to Power Band Podcast, uh, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray here, and joining me this episode is Matthew Day Gillett. Kia ora. How you doing? I'm doing pretty damn good. I actually got to ride my motorbike this week. Oh my god, miracles do happen. What happened? Where'd you go? I hooked up with this brilliant uh, motorcycle dating app called Instagram, and I've been stalking a few guys on there with some pretty nice bikes that uh, ride around the Auckland region, and I just sent them a message and they invited me on a ride. Well, they've actually invited me on multiple rides, but this is the first one I've actually been able to go to. And yeah, went up to Auckland, met them at the Bombay Hills. All nice guys. There were two DRZ400 SMs with uh, TKC 80 Continental tyres on them. Those are the uh, Nobly Adventures. It's a strange sight to see big, chunky adventure tyres on supermoto wheels, but man, they were quick. Um, And then there was another dude who had a CRF250L, and man, is it tiny compared to my bike. I I did say that when I jumped on your bike back in um, well whatever month it was months and months ago I jumped on it after getting off my um, my CRF250L and, and, and the rally is very much a bigger bike even though it's got the same engine or something yes yeah, same engine same frame the only things that are different really are the bodywork and the suspension but man it was like crazy seeing them side by side but uh, anyway we sort of went from the Bombay Hills down to Port Waikato and uh, yeah we did a uh, interesting uh, gravel loop um, it was great great fun but man am I tired to now um, and yeah this gravel loop sort of took us all through these roads that I vaguely remember from uh, doing the old pro rider gravel riding course back in geez I think it was 2015 I last rode those roads had a fuel can fall off the back of one bike a couple of times and sort of nearly rode head on into a cow twice uh, nearly rode into a goat was it the same cow yeah because we did the um, we looped back around to go to the knee cow caves for lunch that was bloody good lunch there too See if you did it if you did it once, I would have said it was the cow's fault. But you did it twice, definitely your fault. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm sure it's just like the last time I rode this bike on gravel, I uh, met a cow as well. So I'm thinking Rosie might be jinxed. Um, whenever she hits gravel, she finds a cow. But <laughs> no, it was absolutely awesome. And sort of I was testing out those uh, Avon tires that Kiwi Rider sourced for me. Actually, the more time I spent on them in the gravel, the more I actually sort of came to grips with them they're not as bad as i thought they were in the gravel and there are places where it shines places where it could be better but for a tire that is so quiet and so much fun on the tarmac and it can easily do the gravel it's been a nice pleasant surprise really well it sounds like you had a good day out on rosie uh i've had a few things happen this week as far as motorcycling goes the wr250 is no longer that's right you sold it the wr250f is sold tell you what i'm gonna miss that bike it was an absolute perler of a motorcycle cycle uh but no she's gone gone to a happy new owner uh i got a a message saying the head is meant to glow red <laughs> i said it never did it when i had it but then i um i sent him a picture of a dr650 se that was uh brand spanking new and i had that uh hooning around a couple of weeks ago and uh, that it had glowing red headers the other thing that happened is after a story in kiwi rider featuring the mt07 i got a phone call from uh, a gentleman from uh, Datto Racing Parts, DRP. You've probably seen them on Facebook, and if you haven't, do check them out. They import and supply many, many, many different brands of aftermarket kit for motorcycles, and we're talking a stack of different bikes. Whole lot of stuff for MT07. Except not my bike. I saw on their website they don't have my bike, which is disappointing. I think it's they're more targeted at, at, at sport and street bikes and, and bikes you might take on the track. And I, no offence to, to Rosie, I don't think she's... Uh, I'd take my bike 
on the track. <laughs> I don't think she's a, a bit of a track hack. Uh, but anyway, do check them out. Uh, they they said they rang me up and they said, "Hey, we saw your bike in um, in Kiwi Rider, and we we decided that it looked a little bit stock, a little bit factory, uh, especially that massive arse end on it." <laughs> uh, so what we want to do is send you some bits to uh, to make it look a bit fun and a bit funky and a bit new and a bit fresh and a bit more um, worthy of of you know being a, a a town commuter. That's quite nice of them, isn't it? So it is one of their suppliers, Melotti Racing. Um, they sent over a a, a tail tidy and some um, are they bobbins? The things that you put through the axle front and back? Yeah, the um, the little are they crash bobbins? Or are they the ones that you use for uh, paddock stands that have the little claws? They uh, they look like uh, they look like skateboard wheels. Oh yeah, so crash bobbins. That's cool. So if you um, happen to drop your bike or whatever, they in theory will protect your swing arm from uh, getting scratched up. And uh, same thing for your forks, which is oh, a nice one. Yeah, one of the things that was um, when I crashed my GT six fifty hire sung. Uh, that was the thing that tipped it over the uh, do we write it off do we uh, repair it edge was um, the forks were all scratched up and uh, yeah that was bye bye stormtrooper uh, well I spent about three hours in the garage today uh, ripping out the old tail of the bike and installing this Malotti racing uh, kit and man it looks absolutely stunning I filmed the whole lot and I've got a video coming up shortly I, I've got a few things that I still need to tidy up I've got the number plate and the indicators and everything all on there I don't have my registration sticker and I don't have my um, my warrant uh, certification on there yet, but I'm working on it. Uh, also, I've got to get a uh, an indicator relay because if you if you've ever had any experience going from standard bulbs to LEDs, especially when you're talking indicators, you'll know that they flash really really fast because there's less load on this on the circuit. So the thing I need to get is uh, an adjustable indicator relay, uh, which plugs in and you uh, you turn the little knob, little screw bit there, and it slows the indicators down. Uh, once I've done that, I'll finish off that video and we will get that. Uh, uh, out on the uh, on the old internet, but uh, in the meantime, DRP D- uh, Detto Racing Parts, uh, DettoRacingParts.co.nz. Those guys are awesome, and uh, you, um, if you ca- if, unless you ride a Rosie, you'll be able to find something for your bike. I'm sure. <laughs> Good on you, man. Yeah, oh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing these in person uh, next time we uh, manage to get together and go for a ride. Oh, I'm looking forward to getting out for another ride. Hey, but we've talked uh, a fair bit at the start of this episode, and we do have. A lot to get through, so let's do the news. And big news. The big news um, that's come out in this last week is law change. As of next year, all new motorcycles, so all motorcycles entering New Zealand as a 2020 model, must have ABS fitted. It's a new law which the, um, what is it, Transport Minister or Associate Transport Minister signed in. Basically, the NZTA has announced that from April 1st, the fitting of anti-lock braking systems, ABS, will be compulsory for new motorcycles over 125cc. ABS or a combined braking system will also be necessary for motorcycles between 50 and 125cc. Basically, it's um, one of the many moves they're trying to do to stop uh, us motorcyclists significantly hurting ourselves or dying on the roads, and we do still make up too much of the statistics. And yeah, it's um, it's really, really going to change the motorcycling landscape here. So from next year, all new model motorcycles entering the country will have to have ABS, but there's also uh, a caveat to that, where 
with um, all uh, current model motorcycles from 2021 netting ABS, right? Yeah, so that is what's really going to change things up. So, for example, next year, uh, your your DRZs don't need ABS, but in 2021... Yeah, the, um, basically, um, it's really going to hit the Japanese manufacturers hard. A lot of their Lambs bikes, uh, especially the stuff that's been around for donkey's years, so your DR, your DRZ, um, your GNs, your KLRs, KLXs, um, even the WR250R from Yamaha. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff that doesn't have ABS um, at the moment. Um, Yamaha's entire cruiser range, would you believe it, um, just going off their website, I'm not 100% sure if the Bolt has ABS, um, but they're not screaming from the rooftops about the XV, any of the XV range, um, or that uh, Yamaha R15. But yeah, basically, it's really going to um, gut a lot of the top sellers out of the market. So last year, 2018, top selling adventure bike was the Suzuki DR650. Great bike there too, I've ridden it. Yeah, it's a 30-year-old design and um, yeah. yeah, you can bet your ass that Suzuki aren't going to go to the through the hassle that is setting up ABS for a bike which is really at the end of its lifespan. Well, see, this is, this is my question. Are they really going to go, okay, well, we can't bring in the DR650SE anymore without ABS. Are they really going to kill it or are they going to find a DR, like a an ABS module or something they can put in like they could put an ABS module in it's not so much the actual physical module of it because they've gotten down to really nice small sizes it's the setup and the cost of actually tuning the ABS to appropriately work uh, and because it's an off-road bike as well you have to have it so that the ABS is still on at the front but you can switch off at the back or completely disable it and I don't think like there's a lot of costs involved in that and I don't think they're gonna go through that hassle for a bike where it's not sold in many markets now like it's not sold in Europe I don't think it's sold in the um, Americas anymore like it's literally just New Zealand and Australia Um, and I don't think they're really going to go through all that um, problem all that issue. Okay, so the Jixa 150, which is a bit more, a bit of a newer bike, really. Yep, New Zealand's top-selling bike last year, in fact. Exactly. The top-selling bike for 2018. Are they really going to go, okay, from 2021, our top-selling bike is out? And if they are, what do you think they replace it with? Honestly, I think it's probably just going to be, for now, like, there's nothing else I can think of in the Suzuki stable, and I've got no hints of anything coming up from them. But the only thing that would sort of slop into that learner commuter market would be the... Um, the Jixa 250 um, which is bigger it's more expensive it's um, a bit more kit on it does it have ABS? yes it does it's also got a very nice LCD dashboard it's a very very good looking little bike actually because of course that's why bikes like the, the GN125s and your DRs and your um, your KLXs that's why they're cheap right because they they don't have the bells and whistles they don't have the full LCD screen and they don't have ABS yeah it's all the old dinosaurs of the motorcycling world that have refused to die um, out here they're finally getting their death now I'm pretty certain of um, another one that's going out the KLR650 um, though there are rumours that Kawasaki is um, trying to develop a replacement for that though they're just rumours fingers crossed though the uh, things like the WR250 that can currently be road registered fingers crossed that you can get uh, an ABS version of that because you know for the people who like getting the 250s and, and taking them dirt and taking them off road the WRs are fantastic bikes and 
and not being able to get one of those and take it on road would be a shame. See, I think the Kawasaki, the KLX 250S, I think that has some hope because the new KLX, the 230, has on and off-road ABS built in. So Kawasaki could, in theory, retrofit that to the 250. There's not a huge amount of differences there in terms of weight and rolling diameter and all of the geometry there. But the Yamahas, um, like the ABS rules been in place in Europe for a few years now and basically in Yamaha Yamaha in Europe only sell the WRs as competition only bikes they can't be road registered so dirt bikes essentially yeah which like, it's a shame because they've got so much cool tech you'd think that oh yeah they sell a few that are road registered is that also though potentially because the WR is more suited to Australian and New Zealand conditions I mean they are they we, we, we had a lot to do with the development of those bikes yeah um, but again I think I don't think the road going sales will stack up to implement ABS going into them um, it's sort of yeah it's a cost versus a cost benefit thing in my mind um, I re- I'd be really surprised if Yamaha did um, ABS to it uh, or offer an ABS model um, but yeah I think the majority of the WRs are sold as off-road only um, fun bikes um, especially in, um, in Australia most of them are off-road only right so to clarify what you need to know is from 2020 what date is it uh, April 1st from April 1st 2020 uh, nothing to do with the actual date there uh, your new model bikes are going to have to come with ABS and from 2021 your current model bikes new will have to come with ABS as well however there is no word or at least I haven't heard, heard any word yet about retrofitting ABS to currently bikes currently in the fleet right? Yeah the current fleet's unaffected completely so you don't have to worry if your bike doesn't have ABS. Which is lucky for me because I got one of the first MTO7s that doesn't have ABS. <laughs> yeah you have lucked out there. Um, so yeah basically um, current model and imported used motorcycles will require ABS so if you're importing something from overseas. Unless it's a special interest bike. Yeah which I don't know how that works with the motorcycling world um, but I'm sure you'd be able to jump through uh, all manner of hoops to get something that you desperately want if it's put on a show registration or something. Um, or it's a classic or something like that. Yeah I think classics may be exempt but yeah basically this only affects bikes entering the fleet. Um, so if it's already registered, already here, it's an older model bike, it's already been in New Zealand, it's no skin off your nose, you don't have to worry. Right, so for more on this, uh, are you going to do a story for onthrottle.co.nz? I'm going to try, um, and if not, it'll be in Kiwi Rider. Check one of those places, <laughs> we'll link it on our Facebook page when we see it, facebook.com forward slash powerbandpodcast. BP, BP dropped a bombshell uh, last week, and that was that the minimum spend on the fuel discount has been dropped. Fantastic! So you'll be aware that uh, BP, up till now, to get your, uh, your smart fuel discount, you know, the the, the, the use or the accumulate discount six cents per litre if you spend 40 bucks well you used to not be able to get that on a motorbike unless you you know had a really thirsty massive tank uh, GS2 G, G what is it G uh, G 250GS uh, 1250GS 1250GS that thing oh, GS the big that thing the big the big BMW. The party couch. Yeah, the party couch. Unless you had something like that or carried fuel tanks, you were never going to spend 40 bucks on gas and get that discount. BP sent me an email. They said, Hi Raymond, at BP we think every driver deserves a fuel discount every time. That's why from today, there is no minimum spend to instantly redeem at BP. So whether you're refueling the car, the scooter, your boat, your lawnmower, even your motorised chilli bin, you'll save six cents per litre every day just by 
by swiping your AA membership card and using the discount instantly on up to 50 litres, which is interesting. See, I wish I'd known this uh, yesterday. Um because I rode up and at the meeting place for this ride I went on was the BP at the Bombay Hills. And I put a whole $9 of fuel topping up my bike. I could have gotten a bit off that and maybe bought a pie. Well, there's no excuse, Matt, because I did put it in the show notes uh, about four days ago. Yeah, but I wasn't looking at the show notes four <laughs> days ago. I looked at them like, what, sort of sometime this morning. If, if you're anything like me, when you're fueled up, you've gone to Z because you use your flybys and you get your six cents off per litre. But uh, I, perf- I prefer to go to a BP. Uh, I don't know what it is about BP but I just kind of like BP over Z. No real reason behind it. I guess it's probably I've been affected by the marketing but uh, that's good news. Good news for uh, everyone. Uh, swipe your AA Smart Fuel card and you'll get if you use the discount straight away 6 cents per litre no matter how much gas you're putting in your bike. That's pretty awesome. So it is Motorcycle Awareness Month and the ACC have released a bit of a story saying what motorcycles want drivers to do and what they want them to no, it's called Dear Drivers. Here's what motorcyclists want you to know. Uh, I thought it was quite uh, interesting, so I thought I'd bring it to you in case you haven't seen it. We're just going to gloss over the, the, the headlines, though. Don't go too deeply into it. But basically, motorcyclists are asking drivers to keep their skills fresh. I mean, motorcyclists have been asked to do uh, Ride Forever courses and stuff for the last few years. Uh, and and, and the, the whole licensing process is a lot more uh, in-depth and a lot more difficult to get your motorcycle license than it is your car license. So... Uh, uh, motorcyclists, in my view as well, in my opinion, would be better on the road than a lot of car drivers. I like to think so, but uh, then again, there are the odd black sheep out there who haven't really done the ride forevers, haven't um, kept their skills up in either sector and are just a shit show from start to finish. Now, number two is they want, motorcyclists want car drivers to trial two wheels whether that be a motorcycle or a scooter or a bicycle. I think there's a lot of misconceptions especially when you're in a car. If, you, if you've ever been in traffic with somebody and, and, and a motorcyclist has gone past you and, and they've gone, the person in the, in, the, you know, in, the, in the car with you has gone how do they fit through there? Oh that's a bit tight <gasps> and start freaking out. Yeah or oh that was close. When, when you're on a motorbike you're generally up higher you've got a better view of what's around you and you know that your bike's not actually as wide as a car and generally you can sneak through a gap i mean there are people that you know uh, push their limits and and sometimes even get caught out and that's not what i'm talking about here but i feel like motorcyclists when they're on a motorcycle they have a better grasp of what's going on around them sorry i was skipping ahead and looking at um, how often drivers are primarily at fault apparently um, which is interesting, in one-third of crashes, um, drivers are primarily at fault. And another game, a game that's quite often good to play in the car, is spot the bike. Especially if you've got kids in the car and they're, you know, are we there yet? Why don't you start up a game of spot the bike, whether it be a scooter, a bicycle, or a motorbike, maybe all of them. Um, teach your kids to spot the bike early, when they're kids, before they start riding or driving, because you're more likely to to see them 
you know learn those skills early and the other one is look twice uh don't just glance or expect the road to be clear uh there's there's videos all over the internet about how uh, a shadow can conceal a motorcycle from being seen or making it harder and, and all that kind of jazz so just generally uh spot the bikes a good a good game to play and looking twice yeah so and sort of after that um is where i was sort of i'd skipped ahead to um in 2018 it's facts from last year um there were 7,673 active claims for motorcycle injuries, which is a lot. Um, but, um, and when they were in an urban environment, which let's face it, a lot of riders um, ride their bike to commute, half were at intersections, um, which is scary because that's probably where we're the most vulnerable. Yes, uh, and, and a lot of people will probably say, oh, yeah, that's because we get rear-ended. But it's not always because we get rear-ended. No, well, we are quite quick off the line, and a lot of people, um, I remember when I lived in Papakura, um, there were people constantly running red lights on Great South Road, um, and I always just waited a second because there was always a red light runner, and then I'd go on the green. Oh, how many times do you stop at a red light, maybe getting on the motorway, and uh, you get the green, but you always look to your right to see if anyone's coming down and shot that shot the red. Look to the right. So getting on the motorway at um, say Melling in uh, in Lower Hutt, uh, it's it's a state highway. It's state highway two, but it's a controlled intersection. So you go from 100 k's down to a stop if it's a red light. So getting on the motorway to go in to Wellington, you're sitting at a red light and you turn left, but you've got traffic coming across you from the right. Ah, so you're gotcha. joining that southbound lane. So how many times, I, like every single time, I pull up to that red light and I stop. Then when it goes green, as I'm pulling away, I'm looking to my right to see who's running that red light and is going to T-bone me. Well, that's a uh, good, uh, what is it? That's good um, best practice, I guess you'd say. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, because a lot of us aren't actually doing those uh, head checks, making sure we're checking um, all roads and stuff for uh, pos- potential incoming uh, missiles. Um, There's two more things on this list that motorcyclists want car drivers to uh, to do or keep in mind. Uh, this one is share the space and give some space. So just remember that, yeah, you've got the lane and you're in a car and it's a bit wider than a motorcycle, but the lane's actually quite a bit generally quite a bit wider than the car and so if you were to stick to the you know to the center slash left so just a little bit further left than you would normally think uh, a motorbike can can zip past you on the right because they're actually allowed to to pass you on the right uh, in most cases and um, we don't like motorcyclists they don't add to uh, to congestion if they're lane splitting where if they are in the lane and they can't get past you then you know there's an Another, that's another vehicle that's stuck in traffic. Too true. And that was the final thing on the list. Yeah, bloody nice to see um, some stuff out there uh, promoting sort of what bikers would like ride, uh, drivers to know. It's a shame that um, you have to go on the ACC website to find it because I don't know many people that are going actively to the ACC website. Um, so maybe we should give that a uh, good punt on the Facebook page. Yeah, we'll check that up on facebook.com forward slash podcast and make that, uh, make that known. Of course, it is Motorcycle Awareness month which is uh, msac which is the motorcycle safety or uh, the motorcycle safety or advisory council and acc getting together for this initiative uh they've got to say a massive thank you and a high five to dave kilty from uh, acc ride forever uh he's been everywhere in the last 
oh for the two three weeks um and he's doing he's a busy man i've been trying to pin him down for an interview and just have a yak on the podcast uh and and due to my own uh you know uh, diary being full and his is just crazy it's been a bit hard but um well done to that man and well done to acc for uh to getting out there there was a there was a motorcyclist breakfast on friday and i didn't make it but i uh, i kind of wish i did uh that was in wellington i know there was events all over oh, the country was it a free feed was it, it? was oh damn <laughs> did you have to show up on a bike though no no you just show up just in the car but you take your helmet hamilton in the coming week <laughs> oh i could make that work with the baby uh but that about rounds off the news and the podcast and pretty much the podcast you're right uh, gotta say a massive thank you to you Matt thanks for joining us today on throttle.co.nz what's cracking on your website this week oh, the latest thing that's uh, on my site that I've been working on is a story on is buying a brand new bike worth it um, which will be interesting considering the whole new ABS laws coming in um, which could bump up prices in some regards um, that was something we didn't really talk about um, but if the manufacturers do decide to retrofit ABS, it will mean a price bump. Um, but uh, that's what I'm working on uh, for the last week. So I hope to have that published before this podcast goes live. And if not, just hit me up about it. Brilliant. Uh, on throttle.co.nz and on Facebook as well. Got to say a massive thank you to our mates at Kiwi Rider. Uh, doing the good thing as far as uh, Kiwis and motorcycling goes. Check out kiwirider.co.nz. New magazine out last week. Uh, lots going on in there. Uh, beta motorcycles better dirt bikes uh, and what else do we see oh they had the katana ah I wouldn't mind having a go on that actually I should probably hit up Suzuki about that when I try and call them up no I want to go on the katana as well I've actually got a I've got a story in mind you know because uh, the last time the katana came out was, was the 80s so if you're going to test ride a katana can you do it in 80s gear and like uh, have a the, the, the <laughs> 80s soundtrack and, and go and do things that you would do in the 80s like in the 80s where would you have ridden your motorbike to shit I don't know I was one in 80 and well, well not you but your parents <laughs> where did your dad ride to in the 80s probably down the bowling alley to meet your mum right yes something like that I guess <laughs> I don't really want to think about what my parents did in the 80s to be honest uh, I want to ride a katana that's the long and skinny of it this is Power Band Podcast we release new motorcycling content relevant to Kiwis and riding every Thursday uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button hit that like button please do share this with a riding buddy of yours it is free to listen to on whatever platform you're on. Uh, what are we on? Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Android. We're on Podbean. We're on Stitcher. We're on, did I say Spotify? We're on Spotify. We're on anywhere you want to listen to us. And if you've found us somewhere else, let us know. Uh, and we'll continue pumping out the, uh, the the content for you if you hit that subscribe button. That would be fantastic. Verbal diarrhea is going on. So I'm going to uh, shut up now. I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Keep the rubber side down and we will catch you in seven days time. Thank you